Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on everyone? Welcome to episode 140 of the podcast. It's a good one. Really solid length podcast. We do a review. We get into a Quora question. Uh, I go off on that. Tell a pretty obscure story that um, from that I heard. It's、uh, kind of secondhand information or thirdhand information. I'm not sure. But really interesting story. Give some insight into Japan and Singapore. You, you'll understand.、Um, From the shit that I talk about. <laughs> and then we get into some、uh, YouTube videos that were sent to us by Joshua.、Uh, of course, talking about love a little bit more and relationships and、um, also older people and dealing with in laws and things like that. And just my perspective on that. Some information、uh, for you. But before that, hit the like button, smash the like button, or don't smash it, just push it, whatever you want to do.、Uh, comment, thank you guys for commenting. You know,、um, I said it in the episode, but、uh, I really appreciate、uh, for some of you new viewers who, who stopped by for the previous episode. Hopefully, you stuck around for episode 140. You know, thank you guys for、uh, taking the time to listen, to comment. And、um, I think, I hope you really enjoy the podcast,、um, either on YouTube or audio, wherever you do it. You know, stick around, chill out, have a beer, and let's talk some shit. So, all right, y'all, enjoy. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Japan According to Akio. We're at episode 140. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. You people on YouTube,、uh, I really appreciate it.、Um, I gotta give a shout out, I gotta let you guys know the last episode、uh, really surprised me, especially on YouTube. The algorithm finally click, click, kicked in a little bit, and、um, I don't know what it was, but we got triple digit views on it. That was really, really exciting.、Uh, we got a couple likes. Thank you guys for liking. Thank you guys for commenting. The new comments, of course, you know, the people,、uh, Rod, Joshua,、um, you know, a few other people. Uh, who were first time commenters.、Uh, it, it was really you know, exciting week. I was like, oh shit, I'm blowing up. <laughs> But no,、um, I was thinking about it、uh, before I started recording that you know, now comes the tricky part for me, at least. you know, Now I'm YouTube famous. I got like 100, 200 views on the previous episode. But I have to make sure that I don't start chasing the dragon, if you will, or chasing the likes, chasing the views, and,、um, you know, just try and keep, the con- keep doing what I'm doing, stay consistent, you know, not trying to find out, oh, well, what did I do that made these people like watch and continue watching? And, you know, of course, you new, list- you new viewers, I guess some of you guys will become repeat viewers, I hope. Um, but I'm going to just try my best to just keep doing exactly what I'm doing and not really change too much.、Uh, you know, just to try and get more people on or, or, you know, start doing crazy shit and stuff like that. I'm just going to just talk my shit、um, and keep doing what I'm doing. Also, if you guys don't know, my dad has become one of the listeners, part of the quote unquote, dare I say it, community of Japan, according to Akio.、Um, so, hey, dad, <laughs> I turned off my phone. <laughs> You're going to hear this later, but 
you know, you're, I'm not sure if you're going to call me this time, but I turned or use my, for YouTube, my phone as my camera. So I kind of had to turn my phone on airplane mode. So if you call me and I don't answer, that's what's happening right now. I'm just trying to record this episode really quickly before I call back to the States and say hi to everyone. So uh, that's that's pretty much the house cleaning, I will, if you will, the up-to-date information. Um, besides that, nothing really special. Just had a busy day, busy weekend. I took a nap, so I'm good. I'm recording a bit earlier than I um, normally do. It's still like 10, it's 10.30, so... Normally I record 11, 11.30, but um, this weekend's been busy. This week's going to be busy, just uh, work and everything like that. So just trying to knock this out before, you know, I get some other stuff done. Uh, tonight, not going to be too crazy, you know, for the aforementioned reasons, but I do, we're, we're just going, again, we're going deep into dating and a few other things. So it's going to be good. Um, the one thing I, I do have for you guys, uh, Rod, the Rod sent in a core, another core related topic question. I just want to start with that. Then I'm gonna do Joshua. I'm, I'm gonna I look through the uh, uh, YouTube links you sent me, and I'm gonna talk about those part of them, part of them, just because they kind of fit in with you know a general theme. And then the second half of those I'll save for another episode. But um, Rod, so on Quora, uh, one topic, Rod, one question that was posted on Quora and Rod uh, sent me the link again questions for keel at gmail.com you can just hit me up with whatever you know you want to say what's up you want to send me some questions want whatever you want to do it's totally cool with me basically the question was um what places what makes places like Tokyo it said and Singapore I can't really speak on Singapore uh and so what what makes places like Tokyo and Singapore so safe for tourists Singapore, you know, I can't, I'm not going to speak in depth on Singapore. My impression is because of, you know, the legal restrictions on Singapore. If you don't remember, if you're old enough to remember that, that dude, there's this, I was scared of shit to go to Singapore. <laughs> I did, you know, if you remember my, um, Mr. Kawasaki story from several episodes ago, uh, <laughs> I was a little bit scared when I went to Singapore because in the early or mid nineties, uh, there was this news story of basically what it was like this international controversy because I guess this kid who was like, you know, parents were em part of the embassy or something like that. I can't remember exactly why he did whatever the fuck he did, but basically this kid this um, or young dude, I forgot how old he was, went to Singapore and he wanted to just do some vandalism there. So he spray, he did a bunch of vandalism, uh, spray painted cars, walls, did a bunch of dumb shit in Singapore. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing his parents were diplomats, if I remember correctly. So, you know, he was just like a privileged kid, like, what, whatever, what y'all gonna do? I don't want to be here anyway. So psh, 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 all on the wall. But the thing is, the law in Singapore, if you don't know, is really, really strict. And the punishments are really, really, you know, I wouldn't call them draconian, but, you know, don't fuck up in Singapore. Like, I think, gum, if I remember her off the top of my head, chewing gum is illegal. Chewing gum is illegal. In, yeah, chewing gum is definitely illegal in Singapore. Like, you can't put chewing gum in your suitcase. Even chewing gum, I think it's like a $500 fine or something like that. But anyway, this dude who was in Singapore, um, I'll try to 
put the link. Let me let me type a note right right now. Right now. But, um, so I'll put a link if you if you're not old enough to remember this story. Uh, one second. One second. One second. Uh-huh. From the nineties. Uh, okay. All right, just put a little. I'll put a link into in the description from um, that story. I remember this shit clearly because that was my first time even hearing of Singapore. But basically, what happened is so he spray painted cars, I think walls. He broke windows. He did a bunch of shit. There's some video of it. And the thing is, for vandalism at that time, and I don't know about now, the penalty is caning, right? Like like a kendo stick, like a bamboo cane, and get you know pants down, whack like. Like, you know, like your parents used to do back in the day, you know, with the strong hand <laughs> and with, but with like a fucking stick, like, you know, and I remember because they showed it was like Inside Edition or one of those, you know, hard copy, one of those fucking shows. It was like a long ass drawn out story. I used to watch that shit when I was a, uh, a teen or a kid. I shouldn't have been watching it, but I used to watch it, whatever. And I forgot how they showed, they showed like what happens when they cane you, you know, to flesh, I think on some meat or some shit, but it tears the flesh. Like you, your ass is bleeding like a motherfucker basically. So it it became like a whole international incident because the kid was under arrest in Singapore. And, you know, of course he's scared to death. Cause he's like, I, and you got canes, like, not like once it was like, 50 times or like 100 times it was something crazy like <laughs> you know and so um america was like not trying to have this kid get fucking caned in singapore for like months and you know eventually he got caned <laughs> spoiler he got caned but it was like compromised like it wasn't like the full 80 times he got caned like 20 times and he didn't have to pull his pants down or some shit like that you know but basically he got his ass whooped in singapore for doing some dumb shit so my understanding is that singapore in general has a very very strict guidelines of social rules you know that keep people in line so you just don't go to singapore fucking around which is what i remember and why when i went to singapore if you remember from the story i'll probably if for youtube people i'll try to remember to put a um a little card link somewhere somewhere but um like yeah when i went there i remember this shit so when if you if you remember from the story when mr kawasaki was like in this fucking room you know goddamn window shopping like looking for bootleg louis vuitton bags if you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about go back and watch the episode it's a long story but you know i'm in my mind i'm thinking like oh shit i'm gonna end up getting caned in like a singaporean prison for you know this guy wanting to buy some bootleg louis vuitton Luckily, it didn't work out that way. But needless to say, I was on edge quite a bit, you know, in in that moment because I know Singapore does not fuck around. Like, you know, that's just my number one image of it. So, so I think for Singapore, that this is a long drawn out answer, but for Singapore, that's the extent of my knowledge of them and why I think they are. It's Singapore is a safe country. Japan is a bit different, and I was thinking about this quite a bit on my way to work today. And um, the, 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 the number one thing I could come up with why Japan is generally so safe is the, and I wrote a note of it too. Yeah, in Japan, um, 
Yeah, I got I got some shit for y'all too. Uh, in Japan, I got another note that I got written. In Japan, the obligation to be a good host, I think, is 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 a really important and strong uh, motivation for people, uh, for a pull for people. You know, so generally speaking, in Japan, like being a gracious host is super super important right but like it's not like being a host in the way uh being a good host or a hostess is in the west for example in america you're not like opening your doors to someone so you kind of can in japan but it's this weird kind of thing like there's a line to it right like you know like make perfect example in in the west in america at least you know people say come on in make yourself at home you know is is kind of the concept of being a good host if you will making someone feel an equal level of comfort that they would if they were in their own home is kind of the image of it right from my understanding at least let me paraphrase it that in japan is quite different it's more like um what the fuck is that the first thing that popped in my, my mind was be our guest be, be our guest da, 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 da. is that like beauty and the beast or some shit like i don't know um it's some disney song like be our guest is the name of the song i don't know where the fuck it's from i can't remember but but you know pretty much like a hotel or a concierge you know kind of really serving or catering to a person and putting them up on a pedestal if you will is more of that concept in in it can happen even with the most dangerous motherfuckers like you know if you are clearly especially if you're not japanese um people will make exceptions like you like i don't remember i don't remember if i've told this story um i don't think i've told this story before but i it, it stands out in my in my mind right um this is not something that i know firsthand but this is a story that a coworker told me that happened to his friend or co-worker way back in the day right but it kind of illustrates even with dangerous motherfuckers so again this is probably like 2004 2005 when i first came to japan but it's, it's a story that's ingrained in my head so basically what happened was um my co-worker or boss somebody at the time i can't remember exactly who it was told me that we were talking about tattoos and, you know i don't have any tattoos um just because like i'm not anti-tattoo or anything but I came to Japan at 22 uh, at the time when, like, when I was in high school, everybody was getting tattoos, you know, crazy shit, just to be getting a tattoo. Everybody just wanted a tattoo, right? And I don't know if I said this before, but when I was in high school, like, in around, you know, 17-ish, you're getting close to 18, you're thinking about getting a tattoo. And the Osbournes, the Ozzy Osbournes reality show with his fucking kids was was on TV, on MTV. And I remember this episode and uh, listening, I think his kids were like, they were like 16, some shit. And they were talking to him about getting a tattoo. And he was like, don't fucking get a tattoo. You know, Ozzy Osbourne back, especially now, everybody got tattoos all over the goddamn place. But, you know, in the early, two, like in the late 90s, you know, if you will, like getting a bunch of tattoos all over your body was still kind of like a taboo thing. Like getting a neck tattoo was kind of like, oh shit, you got a neck tattoo. It was like, you know, collarbone below your collarbone, like, you know, above the elbow, shit like that was kind of like the accepted way of um, getting, getting tattoos and um, places to get tattoos. But like, uh, I remember him talking to his kids for like five minutes, like, 
don't fucking do it. And his reasoning was like, why do you want to get a tattoo? Like, okay, you want to get a tattoo because you want to stand out, right? You want to fucking stand out. Everybody has a fucking tattoo nowadays. If you really want to stand out and be an individual, don't get one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that will make you one of the most unique persons out here you know especially they were in LA especially in LA and so that kind of stuck with me you know and that kind of like I, I, I'm, it wasn't like I'm not I'm not getting a tattoo I'm gonna be a fucking hipster or nothing like that but like I was just like okay I'm just not gonna run out and get any fucking dumbass tattoo just to have one like you know because that's kind of some some follower shit like if there's something that means something to me I'll get one but you know I'm just don't won't feel like peer pressure to get one it was kind of after watching that kind of what I set into my mind and you know through college it was, it was just nothing that really you know stuck out into my mind so I didn't get one then I came right to Japan and you know tattoos are kind of taboo in Japan so it was just kind of like nothing really pro- propelled me to get one and then once you hit 30 I'd say once you hit like 30 32 getting your first tattoo at 32 ain't really the move in my opinion you know like i'm 38 like what do i look like getting a tattoo now my first tattoo now that looks kind of crazy you know so the timing for me getting a tattoo is just kind of passed me by so it's just like i don't need it like you know it's not a big deal to me so i'm not again i'm not knocking people with tattoos that's just how my non-tattooed body came to be you know so but anyway totally sidetracked anyway so um back to tattoos sorry you know you know how that goes people who've been listening to this podcast you know i just ramble i just go off right so anyway um so this this story right so what happened was apparently like this guy who loves tattoos had a bunch of tattoos and now the thing is um many tattoo places you probably might be aware you might or might not be aware of this have an anti-tattoo policy so generally speaking like a hot spring if you have visible tattoos you're not allowed to enter that's kind of the general rule now it gets kind of fishy i don't really know how it goes in reality because i don't have to i just don't have to think about it right which makes my life kind of easier here but you know generally speaking if you don't have visible tattoos as a foreign person you walk in except being in the changing room once you're already in there and naked and in the hot spring it's kind of a lot more complicated for um the staff to get you out of there especially if you don't really speak japanese you know so um i don't really know how that rule goes but you know they have depending on how many tattoos you got they have like tattoo patches that you can put on to cover your shit up if you do that it's kind of okay so to on the flip side of that especially during that time you know like 15 years ago before the huge tourist boom in japan there were you if you had like tattoos which i guess this guy did he had like apparently big tattoos which of course is not a stretch of the imagination now you know chest thighs like stuff like that oh, fucking tigers i don't know what the fuck he had on his body you know i never seen met this dude but anyway um so so he had to go to the tattoo onsen or hot spring um and of course going to the tattoo okay hot spring means that yakuza people hang out there right so apparently one this dude loved hot springs so he would go to the tattoo friendly um hot springs 
So one day he goes there and he's in there enjoying a fucking hot spring, which is fucking amazing. You've heard if you've heard previous episodes, you know, I love the goddamn hot spring. We I just bought like this pack of like 94 hot spring salt kind of shits that like from Costco. Fucking amazing. You know, for like 10 bucks. And every night we got the bath, pouring some bath salts, hot spring bath salts in there. It's just dope. I was just soaking in the bathtub, feeling fucking chilled out. Right. Anyway. Um, so. So, yeah, he's in there relaxing, chilling out, you know, hot spring public bath. I'm not quite sure. Again, I don't fucking know. But, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. He's in there and a bunch of Yakuza guys come in. Right. And, you know, he's the only foreign dude in there. Probably daytime. He's probably soaking by himself, which, of course, means like, you know, Yakuza guys are going to come in there in the daytime because they're fucking gangsters. Like, you know, they're chilling out. They're active at night. So... They're just, you know, of course, they see him with a bunch of tattoos and um, they got a bunch of tattoos. And so they start. I think I remember he could speak Japanese or whatever. You know, I couldn't speak a word of Japanese at that point in time. So he could speak Japanese well enough to communicate with them. So they start talking and getting friendly with him and things like that. And then, you know, they strike up a conversation. They're like, hey, you know. They start looking at his tattoos and they kind of like start making fun of his tattoos, but not in a mean spirited way. You know, again, they are just being friendly with him. So they're like, your tattoos, like your tattoos suck. Basically, this is my, what I remember, how I remember the story being told. Basically, like, dude, that's not a real tattoo. And they're like, yo, these are real tattoos. These are real tattoos. And so basically, they're like, come on, let's go and we'll get you a real tattoo. So they just go swoop this dude up, <laughs> um, take him to a tattoo place and he gets like this big ass Yakuza tattoo somewhere on his body. I forgot where, you know, and then they take him out to go drinking and they're like, all right, whatever, see ya. And, and then they just let him go off, you know, and he never saw him again. And, you know. <laughs> You know, shit like that kind of happens in Japan. Like, but the point, the reason why I'm telling that story is because to illustrate, even though these guys are fucking gangsters, you know, um, they understand that he is a guest and that kind of Japanese manners, you know, of, okay, let's show him what this is like. Not like looking down on him, like, motherfucker, you don't know shit. Put this shit on your fucking forearm i don't know you know but it's like okay you like tattoos you want to know about tattoos you want to know about japanese tattoos we'll show you about it we'll show you the real shit you know and not in like a picking on them way in just introducing him you know shokai kind of introducing things is kind of to, to people who don't know about it is a really really japanese kind of thing and you have to kind of open yourself to being introduced to things to being put onto shit in japan the majority the the majority of the baller shit you heard me do in japan was somebody japanese who's in the know putting me on to something and you know that's one of my recommendations is understanding when you are in that type of situation is a very very important skill in japan just like in deciphering japan with when she was eating the melons you know if you remember if you can go back to that as well um you know, someone's putting you on to the melon science. You got to be like, oh, shit, this is a dope ass melon. Damn. You know, thank you for introducing me to your melon world. And you have to just kind of embrace that role and humble yourself. You can't be like, I know about melons. Yeah, this shit's all right. 
No, you gotta be like, yo, this is just, whoa, this is changing my life, man. Dude, thank you so much. And generally, you know, it, for me personally, if someone does put me on, all the shit that people put me on to, I really have appreciated. I'd be like, wow, I would not have known about this. I would not have been able to experience this shit genuinely from my heart. Thank you so much. And that's kind of how you can kind of connect and reciprocate in Japan, right? So Japan being safe is more for me just to summarize this topic is partially the obligation of Japanese people to support visitors, their obligation as being good hosts. And which is also why before COVID-19, Japan was so looking forward to not even looking forward to, but my the consensus, the feeling I got was more. What's the word? Fretting. Fretting is kind of the best, most appropriate word. Fretting over, you know, all these people coming to Japan. Oh, shit, I can't speak English. Oh, shit, what am I going to do about this? Oh, shit, what if they're lost on the street? Like, I got to be able to explain to them how to get to the fucking train station. Like, you know, and people were studying English like four years in advance for the possibility of meeting someone on the street when they came to the Olympics and being an appropriate host and being able to, you know, show them around, not even show them around, just point them in the right direction. You know, that's kind of the Japanese spirit, you know, if you will. Um, I, I'd say in this area, uh, other parts of Japan, I can't really speak on as much because I've never lived there, but I would imagine it's the same thing wherever you go. Right. And so that adds to a sense of safety where like, you know, generally, like, I don't have to worry about people fucking with me, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, I'm like a big black dude, first off, you know. So if anything, I have to exude an aura of, hey, people, it's okay, chill. Like, you know, uh, when I go into a place or even take a step back vibrationally, if you will. Um, which is fine because I'm I'm a very pretty much accommodating person. I think I've always been that way. So me living here is kind of like a good marriage, if you will, where I've always been. I, when I think back on it, even times I've been an asshole, I'm deep inside, been kind of considerate and empathetic towards other people. So um, to some degree, to varying degrees, of course, but, you know, we're all human, but. But I think, you know, that kind of mutual consideration, if, you, if you're if the type of person who has who is very considerate of other people, you'll get along very easily in Japan because um, that's kind of that back and forth give and take is something that's very, very integral, woven deeply into the fabric of this country. So that's why it's a safe place. OK. All right. Cool. Let me double check the timing on it. Okay, good, cool. Okay, still recording, still recording, still recording. All right, now let's get into some shit, y'all. Let's get into some shit. Okay, uh, more dating stuff. <laughs> Joshua, let's get into your uh, the videos you sent me. Great videos, by the way. I, I had seen, uh, looking back on them, one or two of them, I had seen them before, but I watched them again on my commute. Do I have to sneeze? No, I don't. Um. Very interesting stuff. I got I got a few points. I mean, took a few notes on them. Um, the first one, yeah, Yuta and uh, Nobito. Nobita? Sorry, Nobita. My bad. Sorry, Nobita. <laughs> Yuta and Nobita um, are two really uh, popular Japanese YouTubers. I've seen some of their videos before. I like some of the insights that they have. And, they've, and the thing is, like, they're 
Japanese. You know, they're bilingual, but they're very Japanese. But, you know, they definitely tackle several issues and not always the like most PC clean kind of clean cut way, which I appreciate as well. Like, you know, I like cutting through the bullshit and just saying your opinion um, getting other people's opinion and, you know, just putting it out there, um, uh, and not like going the safe route of like, everything's okay. We are all kind of lovey dovey and shit like that. Like, nah, fuck all that. Right. So, um, the first one is, uh, elders want, uh, no, this is maybe my notes. Uh, let, let me get the official, uh, YouTube video title. Sorry if, if it cuts on. Let me turn down the volume. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, do elders want foreigners in Japan? Question mark is the first video right now. Um, this one for me is kind of really, really interesting in a few different ways. Uh, of course, the people I think the people that they, he interviewed were really nice, and I think a, a pretty um, standard section if you will, sample size of of how a lot of older people think in Japan. But I was thinking about this when I was soaking in my nice, you know, uh, hot spring salt bath uh, this evening um, before recording. There's a caveat to this, right? Which I want you to be aware of, especially if you're coming to Japan. And then again, this is my opinion, but I think it holds weight. So in this video, you know, if you go again, I'll put the link, go ahead and watch it. Um, it'll be the first one. Like they're basically saying, Hey, I got no problem with foreign people, you know, international marriage. Cool. Um, foreign people coming to Japan, as long as they do things, you know, the Japanese way, you know, learn the language, you know, don't cause any trouble. Cool. You can kind of hear some undertones of hesitancy about when asked about Chinese and Korean people. You know, um, again, it's not really openly hate towards, but a little bit like apprehension, if you will. But they're not going to say that on camera. Um, one thing I want you to or, or might not even realize they feel that way. One thing I, I'll come back to this again. Japan, Japan, I was thinking about it again earlier. Japanese people are historically farmers, agricultural. Right. So thinking it, the here and now is kind of the most important thing, right? Thinking Japanese people generally don't think too far ahead, you know, again, I'm generalizing, but it's really true. So like, if it's something that, you know, could potentially have, that's going to happen tomorrow or next year, definitely going to happen next year, or definitely going to happen in five years, doesn't really hold as much weight as what's going on today, right now, right? If I can see it, if I can tangibly, you know, experience it yeah it holds a lot of weight and people will address it but what things that are gonna or potentially happen in the future people don't really consider the average person doesn't really consider those things that much which again why is religious is religion is a funny kind of thing here people don't really think as deeply about religion in general here as they do in the west right because god is kind of abstract kind of thing ask a Ask, you know, if you come here, ask every Japanese person if they believe in aliens. Me, the majority of Japanese people, I've well, you might not believe in aliens either. But, you know, even asking someone about aliens here 
they I've gotten so many like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why the fuck are you talking about aliens? Why are you asking me about aliens? What the fuck? I mean, in, in the West America, like, you know, depending on your religious or personal beliefs, you would either have a clear yes or no kind of, you know, opinion about it. Right. But I've gotten people like that's a fucking stupid question type reactions here like a lot, you know, for, because aliens are in space. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with me? in my everyday life is kind of the impression I get with the, with those type of reactions. And that's kind of, you know, what asking about foreign people, I want the, I, I believe Japanese people have kind of two minds about things. Something in Japan is an issue. It, sorry. Something in Japan, a lot of things in Japan are not an issue at all until they're an issue. Things are only issue when they become an issue. If that kind of makes sense to you. So, you know, um, when they talk about like, you know, immigration or let's say international marriage, especially, you know, since we were going to be talking about love and dating and stuff like that, you know, of course, hey, it's fine. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah, I don't got no problem with it. But I'm on camera. It's a fucking hypothetical situation. Yeah, it'll be fine. That's one side of it for me. What I which great cool perfect i want you guys to separate that into two minds these people I'm, I'm, I'm not judging these older people they might in their head actually think that's the truth what i want you to understand is the hypothetical answer and the practical answer might not necessarily match and in a lot of things in japan right so you know in your relationships with your potential, you know, partner, spouse, whatever, work colleagues, whatever, you know, understand that you can have detailed hypothetical conversations with people and it would be completely worked out. Cool. We got it. This would happen in this type of situation. Then when the shit goes down, <laughs> all that goes out the window. <laughs> All that hypothetical shit goes out the window. You know, it's like, wait, what do you mean? What the fuck? Like, I said, what? I ain't say that shit. What are you talking about? Motherfucker, you better fix this. Like, you know, <laughs> he's like, we agreed on this is what we do. And then it's just like, no, you know, not at all. And and that's kind of what happens. So hearing them talk about like international relationships, the first thing I thought about was, yeah, they would have no problem with, 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 um, their kids or grandkids in an international relationship as long as it fit the parameters of everyday life in Japan, right? As long as the person is like we talked about in the previous episode, a seishain person who made a good salary and, you know, had a stable life, as long as there are no questions about that, cool. But if you're, you know, generally speaking, you know, coming to Japan, trying to establish yourself and you've got your dreams and your goals and you're dating someone, the family's going to worry. They're going to fucking worry point blank period. Right. You know, especially if it gets serious or especially if you're if you're a little bit older and you're dating someone a little bit older, all those question marks are going to pop up super, super fast and you're not going to be aware of it. They might be completely friendly to you on the surface, but behind the scenes, there's a bunch of shit going on. And, you know, it depends on how progressive the family is, how established you are, how serious you are, a lot of different factors. But again, I'm, I'm not going to talk too personally about my situation. Um, just because I haven't talked to my wife about 
how much information I'll share about our family life on this. So, you know, I'm not going to put all her business out there, you know, and I'll put all our business out there for you guys. Sorry. But you know what I'm saying? And then get me in trouble in the future. Nah. Unless you're like, why are you talking about all this? Nah, it ain't happening. So, so, you know, you know, I drop little hints about stuff like, you know, or not hints, but you know what I'm saying? Like a little, drop a little information here and there, but I'm not going to like completely open up the pages and the books and let you know all the shit that's going on. That ain't happening. So, but, but what I'm saying is like those older people, you know, um, I can clearly imagine like a person, you know, um, be- when becoming the age of marriage, like that hypothetical talk not like be against someone like don't marry that damn foreigner (laughs) you know i don't think you'll go that far but just like are you okay is this okay what about this what's this gonna happen you know especially if there's a a hint that you're kind of wishy-washy you know about stuff like a lot of people come here and they are wishy-washy you know you're not like i'm gonna be in japan forever i love your daughter i'm gonna make it work i'm gonna provide a fucking stable ass life that doesn't have any hiccups at all ever and i'm gonna retire buy a house and the kids are gonna go to a good college and do the exact same thing like that's kind of what they want you know i mean that's what a lot of parents want you know they just want what quote unquote best for their kids and their grandkids they just want a stable situation you know um and but in the west like chasing your dreams and your goals and going after things you know depending on the family depending on the situation is something that's kind of generally encouraged but not so much here in japan right i mean if you do it you're successful great good job you get a golden star but on your way to there there's a lot of doubt a lot of questions a lot of mumbles you know it's the wall of pillows like people are kind of not stickering not doubting but behind your back like is it okay is it okay is it okay kind of stuff so um that's kind of what i picked up on just from those people just the way that they talk i would imagine and and i just want in general when you're dealing with your part with your partner or their family there is a huge difference between hypothetically how they would deal in from some situations versus if that situation arises, what would actually happen, which is why I'm a very big advocate on being proactive on, you know, career money, um, those kind of things, you know, cause that's pretty much where a lot of the problems, if, if you just, prefer, if you're the breadwinner and you're providing, you know, th- for a bunch of shit they don't care, they don't care what you're doing okay <laughs> pretty much like you know <laughs> as long as you're not like you know drinking all night and, and dogging her out or anything like that like if you got a stable home you got some cash you got a stable career or and or you're doing well and doing well for yourself is relative like your image of doing well it might pretty much be different from the japanese image of doing well like security is what it means right like having some security not cash flow coming in unless it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars if you got hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in hey cool ain't no anybody gonna say nothing to you but if you making some bread you doing your thing i got a side hustle online i got some cash coming in they're gonna worry okay i'm just telling you they're gonna fucking worry right because like what happens to what happens to that's just japan so just understand that um now the next two um are i believe i, I forgot the second video i forgot to put the link in the second one uh, off the break but i think both of these are from nobita um 
yeah, so Nobita, I think these are from Nobita, and uh, asking about, let me get the title correct of the first one. Sorry, I don't have the title of the second one off the off off the top of my head, but, um, okay, get this shit out of here. <laughs> um, what worries Japanese women about dating Western guys, right? And um, I think then Nobita, in, in the second one, he interviewed some other, I believe it's Nobita, I want to say it's Nobita, I think it is, um, some other women that maybe he to give let them expand on their opinions now these two videos are very very interesting to me because they're completely different right and i don't want you especially joshua talking to you or anyone else to watch these two videos and think that these opinions are anywhere in the realm near each other these ways of thinking are anywhere because they're all Japanese women. They're completely different. Now I'll tell you why. The first video, he filmed it in Shibuya. He's interviewing high school girls, college girls, girls in their, for the most part, girls in their early 20s who can't speak English, are very Japanese, probably have very little dating experience, and or have never dated a foreign guy. That's very, very clear to me. These are naive girls, like, you know, um, thinking, fa basically fantasizing about what it is to date a foreign guy and or date a guy. Like, you know, I, like just looking at some of them, like, uh, have y'all had a boyfriend? Like, you know, <laughs> have you ever kissed a dude? Have you ever gotten to second base? Like... <laughs> Do you know what second base is like? You know, you know, it's kind of some questions I have. So if you listen to some of their answers, you know, it's more about the, you know, superficial. It's all superficial. What about the language barrier? Yes, they're so fucking attractive, but how are we going to talk? Oh, my gosh. Like, whatever, you know, like. These those type of girls in the first video, if you are younger or, you know, as they age up, I would say, like, of course, they're completely not my type. Of course, you can hear it in my voice. I just don't have any patience for that type of shit because not not. I mean, they're nice. They're nice. But I just understand, like, they're not thinking deeply about anything yet you know they're, they're just safe living their life in japan which is not doing anything wrong but that's just not what is attractive to me personally and generally speaking like from the consensus that i've heard from other foreign guys is yeah it becomes kind of a strain you know being in that type of relationship generally speaking if you do date with a girl like that that would be someone i hate to say it, you might pick them up in the club, pick them up in the bar. They might want to, you know, the exciting thrill of being with a foreign guy. It might be a one night stand or a short lived, short lived type of situation like that. Please not when they're in high school. Come on, man. Okay. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, nothing significant, if you will, would, would be, um, the, my advice, just cut it short. You know, you both have some fun and just leave, call it at that. Um, if you do want to put in the effort of going through that shit, me personally, nah, but, um, but yeah, like, you know, it is very much, a, a fantasy image. The second video for me is more of the type of Japanese women that I would say be, are attractive to me. And in general, 
the women in the first video are kind of more girlfriend or wife material for the average Japanese guy. The second video are women that generally seem to be that are considered more difficult by Japanese standards. What I mean by by but what I mean by that is they have qualities that are a lot more attractive in Western countries. They're a lot more headstrong, a lot more independent, more confident, outspoken kind of women. You know, even the one who um, only spoke Japanese. I'm not even sure if she speaks English. The younger kind of tan girl as well. She seems more traveled, you know, seems more laid back, kind of chill girl. The first one, um, she's married, lives in Canada, you know, seems well-rounded, clearly in an international relationship. Those are the kind of girls, like, generally I find your girlfriend material in international relationships. You know, even if they can't speak English, they're more like flexible to kind of figure things out the first one is like yeah i'll make it work because he's handsome and damn it we'll make it work and and you know that kind of you you might have heard me talk about before that kind of like if i just try hard enough i'll make something happen kind of shit you know (laughs) you can hear the disdain in my voice um that doesn't really work out in reality all the time in Japan. Again, hypothetical versus the reality of the situation. Um, it just doesn't pan out in my experience. I mean, if unless you really, really, really force it to. But, I mean, you know, if it's someone who's kind of naive and superficial, and not in a negative way, I'm not putting them down, but I'm just saying, like, you know, their world is kind of, they're just kind of sheltered, if you will. Remember, my my image, my formula you know, subtract five to seven years from the person. And that's kind of the personality. So if she's like in her 20s, 22, she kind of has the mentality of like a 15, 16 year old. Like, you know, if you if you actually have a conversation with her and that's if you have the Japanese ability to have a conversation with her. So if you have a language gap, plus she's naive, plus, you know, um, she only sees you as like a pretty foreign face, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's just, eh, it's not worth it from my opinion, you know. But the second video, you, you can kind of hear w- the women are more outspoken, more willing to communicate, more willing to, you know, work things out, you know, and say their what their needs are, if you will, say if something's not working. That's kind of more seen as a difficult woman in like the average mainstream Japanese kind of world, you know? Um, and, but that's also makes, you know, a more individual kind of, again, unique person for foreign people, you know? And I'd say my wife fits into the second category, you know, she's definitely a challenge sometimes, but I don't, I love her to death and, and I like, exchanging ideas with her and you know um going back and forth with her sometimes and things like that that's you know what it is so uh that's something just to be aware of those are completely different category for me completely different categories of women like if i if i am out with friends or something like that is i completely separate those i see a group of that and a group of that i'm like okay that's that and that's that (laughs) You know, even if in sometimes like you've heard me talk about if I'm in clubs, that other group comes, oh, you're so cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, okay, you got to go. Like, you know, (laughs) or not you got to go. I got to go. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to get a drink. Like, because I understand, like, there's nothing more communication level beyond that shit, you know. So um, just just can't keep that in mind. 
and, and understanding that and, you know, analyze, I'd say the type of people, depending on what type of person you're into or, or anything like that, but just be aware of some of the body language, way of speaking, things like that, the kind of cute, <laughs> whatever, I'm not even going to get into it any further. Um, but, but definitely check out the, both of those videos. They are very insightful. I'm kind of thinking I might do, um, a playlist for, uh, Utah and Nobita maybe because they do have a lot of good information uh, and I'd like to kind of react a little bit more to some or respond if you will to to some of the stuff that they put out there and just give you know put my stuff on top of on top of theirs and, and see um, how it pans out so uh, Joshua thanks for that I'm gonna do the other set of, of stuff uh, in another video so all right y'all let me let me stop it right there it's, it's 11 how many there 45 minutes boom I think it's a pretty good episode uh, for you guys again thanks a lot for tuning in new viewers if you made it all the way to the end awesome thank you thank you and for my people keep rocking sub negro hope you are still out there og the originator i can't forget you bruh bruh um yeah 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 and thanks again for listening all right y'all let me get the fuck up out of here and call my parents holla at you next time peace <laughs>